You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Breitman. Today, we're sitting down with John Farragon to talk about an important update in the COVID-19 saga, the approval process for the Pfizer vaccine for children between the ages of 5 and 11. Thanks for being here as always, John. Yeah, thanks, Marianne. It's an important topic, I think, for people uh, worried about their kids and trying to get them vaccinated. So it's important. So, John, before we dive in, tell us about the basic status of vaccines in the U.S. and what is currently available today. Yeah, so um, so just as of today, this is in October, the end of end of October of 2021. So right now, um, I think everybody's aware of that the Pfizer vaccine is really the only one that's FDA approved um, for in the U.S. for adults who are 16 and over. Um, Moderna and the J and J are still under that um, that um, emergency use authorization. So um, they're they're not specifically FDA approved, but again, those those EUAs are are still um, are still in place for those two vaccines. But more specifically, the, the Comirnaty, which is the Pfizer BioNTech um, uh, vaccine, was FDA approved for 16 and over. Um, and the EUA now is actually uh, available for those people who are 12 to 15. Uh, and for third doses in certain patients, it, it's okay. Um, so, you know, those, those um, uh, for 12 years and older, the two shots given three weeks apart. And then that protection occurs about two weeks after your second shot. So for Pfizer, it's it's a three week um, distance between the first and second shot. And then that, and then we say, you know, based on on the data the, that Pfizer has after about two weeks after that second shot, you're quote unquote fully protected from uh, from from COVID nineteen based on uh, on the studies that we know so far. Um, Moderna is a little bit different. Um, that's at eighteen and older. So you, so. The, the EUA that's in place is only for people 18 and over. Um, and that's also a two-shot uh, two uh, vaccine, which is given four weeks apart, 28 days apart. And again, protection just very similar to the Pfizer BioNTech, the Comirnaty. The protection for Moderna is available for you after two weeks after your second shot. The EUA, that emergency use authorization is still in place, but it's not formally FDA approved yet. Moderna is not formerly FDA approved at, at this time. Um, and then the J&J is also 18 and over, older for, uh, for one shot. Protection is, uh, um, is maxed at, at two weeks after your shot. And then the EUA is still in place, but not formally approved. So basically three vaccines, one's FDA approved for 16 and older. Moderna and J&J are both 18 and older, but both Moderna and John, J- J&J, the Johnson & Johnson or Janssen, 
is still under that emergency use authorization. So it gets a little tricky in trying to figure out which one's approved and what's not. And if you're not in the healthcare field or you're not following this all the time, it, it is a little confusing. <clears throat> of note, um, I think that's important. Um, the no agency, the FDA or CDC, or even the, um, uh, the, the vaccine committees have said that one vaccine is preferred over uh, another. So although the Pfizer has the most broad uh, age range for EUA and between the EUA and the approval, um, uh, and even data on boosted doses, um, there is some recent data on J&J &J and Moderna, but uh, obviously this is all likely to change, uh, change as we move forward. But I just want people to know that, you know, whichever vaccine you, you choose to get, you know, there's no uh, preference of one over another by any of the agencies that are involved with deciding what people should get. Can you talk a little bit about the recent data on the Pfizer vaccine and its potential use in children five to 11 years of age? You know, what do we know? Yeah, so that, that's a great question, Marianne. And I think, and I think right now, as we look at October of 2021, you know, these are likely to, to be um, under an emergency use authorization for the younger, for the five to 11, uh, any, at any point in the next, in, in the next probably five to 10 days, if not sooner. So um, when you're, so you may actually listen to this in November, but I tell you, you know, likely by the time you listen to this, some of this actually may be already in uh, an emergency use authorization. But <clears throat> Pfizer does have data from a phase two and three study um, where they're enrolling uh, kids for vaccination who are anywhere from six months actually to 11 years old. For the five to 11 year old that we're talking about today, um, there's just, uh, um, just over 2,200 participants so far in this age group. And the dose of the vaccination is actually lower. And these are some important pieces to notice that we're gonna see about some of these vaccines, even some of the booster doses that we're gonna see for like for Moderna coming down the road, it's gonna be a lower dose. Uh, but the dose of vaccine is actually lower in this five to 11 year old group. Um, uh, for, the, um, for the 16 and over, they received a 30 microgram dose, but Pfizer chose a 10 mic dose in a two dose regimen for the five to, five to 11, 11 years old. So it's about a third of the dose. And so one of the markers that helps us determine the efficacy, they, they run this titer for the SARS-CoV-2 neutralizing antibody. So there's a titer, which is basically a level, basically a, a, a level of the neutralizing antibody. And in the study, what they, what they found was that the geometric titer, the average titer was just under 1200. Um, and um, it was 1198 to be exact. exact. Uh, and then again, that was, in, that was with acceptable 95% confidence intervals statistically. And that compares well to the geometric mean titer of around 1150, uh, which was actually 1147 uh, from the participants ages 16 to 25 years old, which was used as the control group. So basically the, the point with all this is basically the, the, two, um, uh, the two 30 mic dose regimen provides uh, antibody tires similar to what we would see in the, uh, in the adults, sorry, the two 10 mic dose regimens for the kids uh, uh, is uh, for these for the five to 11 years old is very similar to what we saw for 30 mics, uh, the two 30 mic dose regimen for, for the adults. So again, one month after, after a second dose uh, demonstrates strong immune response in this cohort of children when evaluated one month after that second dose. So the bottom line is the dose being lower, people may be worried about that, but that immune, um, uh, the immunity or the neutralizing antibody that's created by that lower dose in these in these uh, five to eleven year olds was almost identical to what you saw with the higher dose that we that we used in uh, in the uh, in the adult people sixteen and over. And how did the children in the study tolerate the vaccine? 
Yeah, so I, I think when you look at the at side effects, uh, generally comparable to what we saw in, in the adults that are that are 16 to 25 years years of age. So again, very similar to what we saw in the adult population um, for for COVID-19 adverse events. And again, out of the, out of the three of them, you know, I don't want to say anyone's anyone's less likely to have adverse events, but certainly like for for um, for systemic events after you've gotten the vaccine, those were certainly more common with Moderna. Um, and, um, you know, obviously even this, this, uh, these, um, these clotting disorders that sometimes are very rare in some females with J and J, we just didn't see that with, with the Pfizer vaccine so far. So, um, so, so far it looks like the side effects are generally comparable to what we saw in adults. So what is Pfizer's plan when it comes to FDA approval of the vaccine for this age group? Yeah. So the approval process is actually, you know, it's, it's just like it would be for anything else, but. I think um, you know a lot of times there may be less uh, less numbers uh, in some of the studies, but obviously Pfizer and Bio uh, and Tech you know have really shared this data with the with the FDA and they and also the the uh, European Medicines Agency the EMA and other regulators as well. Obviously they want they want to get this approved for the for children. For the U.S., the companies have really have submitted this uh, this emergency use authorization, which again that's where the approvals come from, and that will probably happen first for the five to 11s. Uh, and then after that, you'll see uh, you'll see an FDA approval probably down the road if that actually gets approved. Uh, but they, they continue to accumulate the safety and efficacy data uh, to to file for full FDA approval in this age group. And, and I think you know based on what we see so far, data from the from the even from the younger kids, two to five years old, and even six months to two years of age are really expected um, as soon as late 2021. So hopefully by the end of this year, we may actually see data and even in two to five year old year olds and also from six months to two years. John, what else can you tell us about this approval process? So one of the things I'll just share with you, I, I don't know if many of you realize this, but sometimes I a lot of the information that, that that we have for some of these vaccines is off of press releases. Sometimes we get more information from the companies than we do from some of the agencies. And again, unless the um, until the until it goes through some formal meeting where the documents are made public. Sometimes we don't have all the information, but uh, most of what I'm sharing uh, really uh, demonstrates that the, that the initial phase one, two, and three trials, um, they initially rolled up to 4,500 children who were aged six to 11 years of age in the US. Uh, studies were also, um, study sites were also present in Finland, Poland, and Spain. More than 90 clinical sites across those, uh, those four countries. So from big picture, it was really designed to evaluate the safety, tolerability, and, and immunogenicity of, the, of this Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine on that two-dose schedule, approximately 21 days apart. And again, the three age groups, five to 11, two to five, and then ages six months to two years. And then based on that phase one dose escalation portion of the trial, the children, the children aged five to 11 uh, received that two-dose schedule of 10 mics each. And then the titers for those antibodies to, to uh, see if they're actually neutralized in the SARS-CoV-2 or comparable to, uh, to what we saw in adults, very similar to what we, what we said a few minutes ago. So again, I just want to make sure that uh, people understand, I haven't said this yet, but even children under five, it's actually an even lower dose. It's actually three mics uh, for each in injection in the phase two, three study. So right now, you know, we have basically a, a 30 mic for adults, um, hopefully soon to have a 10 mic um, Dose range for five to eleven years. Hopefully, emergency use authorized uh, very soon. Uh, and then um, the studies that are ongoing with younger kids are actually uh, under five. Are actually looking at a three mic dose for each injection. So again, to summarize, big picture, what's happening at Pfizer? It's approved as a two dose series for prevention 
in adults who are 16 or uh, and older. Um, the 12 to 15 year old data is still under the emergency use authorization uh, in, uh, to prevent COVID-19. And then uh, hopefully um, uh, if, if you do need a third dose, if you're immunocompromised, uh, you can potentially get a third dose under the emergency use authorization as well if you're over 12. And then hopefully now um, with this data from the five to 11 year olds, hopefully we're gonna start to see an EUA for the five to 11 year olds any day now um, as we as we as we sit here at the end of October of, of 2021. So as we begin to wrap up, what is the bottom line in terms of what healthcare providers need to know? <clears throat> so, you know, from my perspective, I think I think um, I think there's there's still some vaccine hesitancy, you know, with kids, and and I think to know that the immunogenicity looked very very similar uh, with these kids with the five to eleven year olds, I think really is helpful. Um, the reality is that the younger school age kids and adolescents are just not protected right now, since there's no vaccine that's available for, available for them. So I feel strongly that this is going to make a huge difference moving forward to hopefully protect our youngest kid, especially those in, in K through 12, right? Uh, in, in schools and also potentially in, um, uh, in, you know, in daycare is a little bit young, but K through 12, definitely assuming that these data lead to that, again, that, or, uh, that EUA, the emergency use authorization from the FDA. So looking forward, I think we can, we can see this potentially uh, being uh, an option for parents of young children for vaccination using the Pfizer uh, at this point, uh, based on hopefully some EUAs that, that will that will come pretty quickly. I hope once the once the once it's reviewed by the proper agencies. John, thank you so much for coming on today and keeping us all up to date on the latest with the COVID nineteen pandemic, especially in terms of how we can keep kids safe. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AETC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaaetc.org. That's www.nikaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaaetc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaaetc.org. Stay safe and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.